Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Hey guys, I'm Amanda. And I'm Jen. And And you're you're listening listening to Fathomless. episodes the past uh couple weeks so i feel like any true crime podcast oh it's always just super depressing you gotta like put yourself like in that state of mind you're like okay yeah i gotta mentally prepare for some crazy ass shit to happen oh yeah we got some crazy ass shit coming up still but it's it's a little more supernatural and you know i love these kinds of episodes i made amanda research what we're covering today because Jen uh, refused not, to research it. I won't research this. I don't want to bring that stuff onto my computer. I don't want to look at it. I live in the middle of the woods. Sometimes, you know, I'm by yeah. myself there. So there's actually one of the stories that I'm going to share is probably going to make you super uncomfortable because it's someone whose uh, wife and son are out of town for the week. Okay. And he is okay. home alone. Okay, great. Thank you. So we're going to be telling <laughs> you about. The Black Eyed Children today. Yes, we are going to talk about two different urban legends. We're going to talk about Black Eyed Children and the Black Flash of Provincetown, which is a little uh, New England tale for those of you. Yeah, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, But to record the this episode specifically the black eyed children i told amanda that she has to research it It has to be her episode yep and we have to do it at her apartment in daylight in daylight so it is currently like 10 a.m and we are talking about black eyed children fun fact i finished writing this script and researching it at midnight last night yeah just sitting in my bed i don't want to think about this ever again after today but i know it's all I'm going to be thinking about for weeks to come. <laughs> Definitely thought about some black eyed children showing up on my balcony last night. Yeah, so. but you're like in an apartment building. There like. are reports on Reddit I found of people who saw them just show up on their second and third floor balcony knocking at the door. So I'm terrified. Okay. So I, I don't think it matters what black floor I'm on. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you're ready because I, I have this anymore. a bunch of stories. <laughs> All right. Go. So we're going to talk about this. I'm just going to dive right into it. So as we all know, urban legends are just fabricated stories passed down from generation to generation, like Bloody Mary or Slender Man, you know, Hook Man. Slender Man is terrifying. Oh, yeah. Anything on Creepypasta, which I was one of those 14-year-olds on Creepypasta writing in these weird blogs. And I'm sure you've heard about those girls that thought they were like. Oh, yeah. I know all about the Slender Man murders. Yeah, oh, God. That's something we'll cover one day. Yeah, one th- day. I don't know where that was. I think it was, like, Indiana. I don't know. I couldn't it, tell you where it one was. One of those Midwestern yeah. states. Yeah. They all mold together. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know coast, coasts, but that's... Yeah. East Coast, West Coast, I don't know. Or no, that's not true. Indiana. Shout out to my, my boys in Indiana. And, Illinois. I couldn't and point them out on a map, though. South Dakota. But other than that, you know, in the South, we're just not even going to anyway so you know like i said urban legends you know most people say that they're just fabricated stories you know little fairy tales campfire stories that kind of shit but sometimes these urban legends actually reveal themselves to be true oh 
So I wanted to talk I'm about it. I wanted to talk about a couple urban legends that found were found out to be true before we dive into the black eyed children. And I just want you guys to keep these stories in mind as we discuss the stories of the black eyed children because you never know. Stop it. It might actually be true. Stop it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Cropsy real quick. Have you ever heard about Cropsy? I don't think so. So Cropsy, this is actually, this is something we'll cover most definitely. There's a really cool documentary on him. Cropsy was the boogeyman of Staten Island. Ah! And it was once believed to be just a ghost story that mothers told their children to keep them, you know, off the streets at night, yeah. keep them out of like the abandoned subway tunnels and out of the abandoned hospital that, you know, was surrounded by a bunch of woods. But in the late 70s and early 80s, a bunch of children, specifically children with disabilities, started disappearing all around Staten Island. Stop it. And Andre Rand, the real-life Cropsy, was arrested and convicted of the murders of two young girls, but confessed to much more than that. And that is the real-life Cropsy. I got, like, so it was once like, thought to be body. just a little urban legend, a tale that, you know, mom, mothers would, you know, come in before the streetlights turn on or crop seal getcha actually was a real story. Oh, my God. Another urban legend that turned out to be true um, actually comes from Puebla, Mexico. And for decades, grandparents would tell their grandchildren stories of a mysterious maze that ran underneath the city where the bones of giants could be found. And in 2015, scientists actually rediscovered ancient tunnels underneath the city of Puebla, Mexico. Now, they didn't find any bones of giants, unfortunately, but they did find a 500-year-old tunnel system that stretched 10 kilometers underneath the city. Damn. So, once again, this is something that for years was believed to just be some weird story that grandparents told their grandchildren, you know, it's just some rumor around town. But there was actually true. was a giant tunnel system underneath the city. So, like I said, you're probably like, Amanda, why the hell are we talking about this? When I mean, it's supposed to be black-eyed children, but... I mean, I, said, I mean, it's it's a nice warm-up. It is a nice Because, you know, I'm, like, already scared right now of this episode. <laughs> so you really never know what's going to be true. And honestly, I'm loving that I had to do this episode. I don't know if I ever told you this. When I was in middle school, I was, one of, I was a fanfic girl. I wrote great fanfics. You can't find them anymore because Quizilla doesn't exist and Wattpad wasn't a thing when I was a teenager. But um, I have no idea what you're talking about at all. <laughs> websites where kids could write fanfics Got too it. and stuff like that. Basically, okay. like publish stories without publishing stories. Yeah. But uh, one thing that I actually used to do was uh, kids in my class in like seventh grade would ask me to write spooky stories for them. And I would like like little like scary stories to tell them the dark kind of things. Oh and my God, would, you know what? And I would write them for people. I got that book for us one of the books and, Ooh, I, and I, I forgot to bring it i forgot to bring it I scary stories yep uh, they have a couple the, um the the toe one the big toe that Ter- was the first one Teresa, i know you're listening to this and she's gonna know exactly what i'm talking about that my motherfucking toe. big toe where's my toe <laughs> such a weird one. Oh my god so weird it's like the first story in the book when I opened it Did up. you know that they, uh, Guillermo del Toro made that into a movie? Movie. It was actually really fun. I didn't was... know that until like when I was trying to look for the book and when I yeah, Google searched like... it, it was like 2017 movie. Yeah, it's like on Netflix. It's, it's got like the 
some of the basic ones in it, like the the girl who has like the the boil on her cheek that's yep. full of spiders. Oh my god, I forgot about that. One. <laughs> yeah, that I'm, one. Okay, next time I come see you, I'm gonna bring that book, and maybe we can we'll like, watch the movie. Maybe we can like tell a couple of the stories. Oh my god, most, <laughs> that podcast. would be my dream. Yeah, let's yes. do it. That's so much fun. So, like I said, just keep these stories in mind because these are urban legends that turned out to be true. So you could never know. Okay, get on with it. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm as ready as I'll ever be. So I'm not really sure whether to classify the black-eyed children as a monster or an alien or what. We're going to get into some of the theories. It's definitely the like a non-human It's definitely non-human. Being. Definitely a non-human being. Uh, like I said, we'll get into some of the theories at the kind of closer to the end of when we're talking about the black eyed children and we'll get into the black flash but you know no one really knows where these children came from or what they truly want but the one thing that we do know they want your soul is you do not want to let them inside no don't let them inside your car don't let them inside your house don't let them inside your heart okay Nothing. i'm just gonna like say this and we've said it before and we'll say it again never ever ever even answer the door if you're home alone yeah. And don't pull over to help anyone on the side nope. of the road. If you're home alone and somebody knocks on the door, you shut the lights off and fucking just grab a gun and you get to the floor. Yep. Hide. Fucking hide. Because. <laughs> okay, I don't, don't want to even say it, but they might be fucking children. All right, go. Now, every source that I found, there's, you know, a, obviously you can go on Reddit and there's a million, million. A million things on there. Um, But. Black, the stories of black-eyed children, it says reports have been circulating since the 1800s, but the earliest written experience I could find was from a journalist known as Brian Bethel in 1996. And this is like the most common story, and it's said to be like the first story. And it might be, you know, people may not have been writing down this shit before, mm-hmm. uh, but... This was the first one that I could find that's the most well-known, so this is the one that I wanted to start with. And basically, Brian's story goes like this. August 1996 in Abilene, Texas? or Ab- Abilene. That's Abilene? where Andrew went to college. Oh, no way. Abilene. Abilene. My fucking northerner ass. Abilene? <laughs> it's okay. okay. At least I was able to correct this one. <laughs> He'll be proud. Andrew would have <laughs> corrected my ass most definitely. Yeah. But it was around 9.30 at night. And Brian was parked outside of a cable and internet service company called Camelot Communications. And this is the most 90s shit I've ever heard. He was actually there to drop off a check for his internet bill in the overnight deposit box. I love that. Which I <laughs> gar- my 16-year-old niece is probably listening to this like, what? Why didn't they just Venmo them? Like, or like not really. Jasmine's super intelligent. But, yeah. But, but, um, but that was the thing, that you would have to write a check and you would have to go bring it to the overnight box, make sure they got it in it, time, yeah. or mail it. Sometimes the mailing took too long, though, so you'd have to go drop it off. Mm-hmm. Unless you'd miss your payment. So that's what he was doing there. And as Brian was sitting in his car, just filling out the check, you know, just kind of chilling, he heard a knock nope. at his window. Nope. And he looks over, and he sees two boys about maybe 10, 10 years old, and the other one's about 15, maybe. And the older boy had kind of dark hair, kind of like a olive toned skin. The younger boy had more of a ginger complexion, like pale, freckles, red hair. Both of the boys were wearing dark hooded sweatshirts and the hoods were up kind of over their eyes. eyes. Yeah. So it was kind of concealing their face. So you couldn't really 
see their see black their, see their faces. Brian I know is, where this is going. Oh, yeah. So Brian <laughs> assumed that the boys were just going to ask him for some money. There was a movie theater next door. So it was kind of like the hot spot for all the kids in town. Yeah. And it's not weird thing. to see, like, two random kids yeah. run around the 90s. Today, I'd be like, where's your parents? Exactly. Like, why and are you walking around? So he rolled down the window a little bit and asked the boys what they wanted. And only the older boy with the dark hair spoke up. And when he did, it was a very monotone, robotic response. Like, just very, yeah, just kind of weird. Like, almost rehearsed. And he said that they just wanted to see the Mortal Kombat movie, but they left their money at home. So they needed Brian to drive them to their house to get the money and come back to see the movie. And Brian immediately felt uneasy right as he was rolling down the window. He got, like we always say in all our episodes, that gut feeling that just something is not right. Trust it. And there was a few red flags as well. Uh, The boys seemed far too comfortable asking a stranger if they could just get into his car and have them drive him home. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was the 90s, but like Stranger Danger was still a thing. Oh, yeah. That's like like, back when Stranger Danger like originated. Exactly. And like and yet these boys did not seem scared at all to just walk up to the strange guy's car in the middle of the night, knock it and be like, hey, can you drive us home and then bring us back to the movie theater? Yeah. So definitely a big red flag. Brandon also glanced at the marquee of the movie theater and saw that the last showing for Mortal Kombat had started almost an hour ago. So by the time that he drove the boys literally anywhere and came back, the movie was probably going to be over. Yeah. The movie's only like, I think like an hour and 30 minutes, maybe an hour 45. So like. But if it's already an hour in, like. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what do you really? So he was kind of confused and when he pointed that out to the boys they basically ignored what he said and just kind of pushed the subject further saying come on mister just let us in we're two little boys let us in and we'll be gone before you know it (laughs) so before brian could respond again the boys lifted up their head and this is when he saw the most terrifying thing ever and that was that they had solid black eyes and immediately he felt (laughs) sick to his stomach with fear He tried to stay calm, but he was obviously completely petrified. And he told the boys he couldn't give them a ride. And the older boy became much more aggressive. And this is when you had to like lean over and like roll down your window. Exactly. So So there's no electric windows here, guys. So the boy started to lean his weight against the car door and the window. And he started speaking louder. And he said, we don't have a gun or anything. Just let us in. We can't come in unless you invite us in. And that's what they do. And the boy started banging on the window as Brian rolled it up as quickly as he could. And he just slammed his car into reverse and started to peel out of the parking lot. And as Brian pulled out onto the street, he looked into the rearview mirror, expecting to see the boys chasing after him. But the boys were nowhere to be seen. They had completely vanished from the parking lot. I'm scared. I'm so so scared. Do you guys know I'm scared? Jen's terrified right now. I'm like, I literally have had these, like, rush of chills just, like, going out this just whole wait. time since we started. All right, go I on. found an account of somebody who let them inside. Ah, no! Okay, go on. So, Brian's story is the most well-known. Uh, I've but heard like that I said, story. People yeah, say, you know, this is where the legend may have originated, but there's obviously hundreds of accounts all over the internet. Most of them are all the same. The children always look like they're between the ages of about 6 years old to 16 years old. And they usually appear in pairs or groups. Rarely do they appear alone. They always show up at dusk, 
night, anytime that's kind of dark, dusky, the sun's not out. And they're usually pale or have cool-toned skin, but not always. There were some reports where they had ashy, kind of like gray skin or a bluish-green-toned skin, uh, which all of those are just very uncomfortable. I yeah. mean, I'm a pale kid, but... I'm a pale kid, but I'm not blue-green. No. <laughs> no, but I do look like a sickly Victorian child sometimes. <laughs> now, they usually show up wearing a hooded sweatshirt with the hood covering their eyes at first or some way concealing their eyes or their face at first when they start talking to you, and it's not until after they approach you that they reveal themselves to you. And sometimes these children will approach you in your car, like with Brian, or they'll knock on your door, or you'll just see them outside of your window looking inside your house, which I fucking hate that. That's why I, like, once, like, it's dusk out, yep. I close my blinds. We call it the closing shift at home. That's so cool. Like, we shut the curtains, like, everything. Yeah. I would too because if you imagine like walking into your living room and there's someone just standing that in your is, window. That has always been my biggest fear. Like my friend Diane Lee. Hi Diane Lee. I don't know if you listen but um, she had this like huge window in her kitchen growing up like huge and she was she lived in a neighborhood where people would like walk around and stuff and that was just my biggest fear like going down at like midnight to get a snack with her and just seeing someone, just someone looking yeah. inside. Fuck that. No, I shut the windows. Uh, but like I said earlier, there are also reports of them appearing on second, third, fourth floor balconies as if they just materialized out of the night. That's probably how they get there, honestly, right? More than likely. I'm not really sure how they travel, but they do some weird shit. It seems like they vanish into thin air and thin air and appear out of thin air. So, uh, but now we're going to talk about Paul, a corrections officer from the midwestern part of the states. Couldn't get an exact area for this one or a time frame, but it was another pretty creepy story. And this is one that you're really going to hate. I'm so I, sorry. Why are you smiling at me like that? You're like <laughs> yes. you're really going to hate this one. Really hate it. <laughs> With like you a are. shit-eating grin on your face. I love scaring people. It's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Well. I'm so sorry for everyone that I have so many friends. You don't that live are in like, the boonies alone. <laughs> I have so many friends that tell me that I, I traumatized them as a child with their first horror movie. Teresa and Jesse, I'm so sorry. Emily, my sister, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I was definitely that kid. You so are. I just like I don't you know. Are. I get so excited when I talk about spooky things or horror, anything like that, ghost stories. It, I get adrenaline from it. I just I'm don't want to attract just... what I'm talking about. That's it's okay. All. We're not going to manifest That's it. That's all. Hopefully. Go on. Tell the fuck. <laughs> all right. Tell so, me about Paul. <laughs> all right. So it was a Friday night and Paul's shift had just ended and he was very much looking forward to some relaxation as his wife and son were out of town. So when he arrived home, changed out of his uniform, got into some comfy clothes, went in the kitchen, started making himself a sandwich. And that is when he heard a faint knocking sound coming from the front door. And at first, Paul wasn't even sure if it was someone knocking at his door. It was so quiet and just so random that he thought that maybe it was just something from outside, just some random noise from the neighborhood, you know? Uh, so he continued to ignore it and just kind of made his sandwich until the soft knocking became an urgent banging. I would be terrified. I would hit the floor and army crawl <laughs> upstairs. So... <laughs> Before, so obviously at this point he walks over to the front door and his door had like a window in it so he could see. 
there were two boys no older than 13 standing at his front door. Both were just kind of staring down at their feet, wearing hoods covering their faces, not really like looking up at the door or even acknowledging Paul as he walked up to the door. And he immediately felt uncomfortable about the whole situation. Um, something still compelled him to kind of open the door a crack, though. And Something compelled. Yeah, maybe yeah. they have this, like, force. That's a lot of people say that they felt, like, compelled to talk to them, even though they also felt terrified at the same time. So it seems like they do kind of have this, like, this kind of hold over you. Oh, no, not me. It's very <laughs> nope, weird. Nope, I'm not even answering the door. So when he opened the door, his uncomfortable feeling just increased because he actually didn't recognize either of these boys from the neighborhood. And his son was much younger than these boys, so he doubted that they were friends from school. And it was also dark enough for the streetlights to be on, so why were these kids just out yeah, that was my by question. themselves? And when Paul asked if he could help them, he just got an eerie monotone response of, we just wanted to stop in for a bit. Which We just wanted to stop in for yeah. a bit. So obviously this struck Paul as extremely odd because he didn't know these boys. So he was just like, sorry, you must have the wrong house. Just thinking that, you know, maybe they just showed up the wrong house in the neighborhood or something. And this didn't seem to phase the boys at all. And the lead boy spoke up again and said, oh, well, it's getting kind of late. You just let us in. The way so, you're looking at me right now. Just setting it, setting the mood. Oh, for it, my God. So they're like forcing you to let them in. Yeah. And it was in this moment that the boys looked up and Paul saw these soulless black eyes. He got that same sickly scared feeling in his stomach that Brian Bethel described. And before Paul could even respond, the boys actually spoke again in a more threatening tone and said, it would be good to let us in now. You don't have to think about it. Just open up the door and invite us in. And at this point, Paul was like, fuck this, and told the boys that he needed them to get off his porch. And he slammed the door in their face. And the boys did not leave. They actually really? just stood there and continued to knock on the door and ask to be let in. And Brian went upstairs, or not Brian, Paul went upstairs and grabbed his gun. And as he was grabbing his gun, he could still hear the boys banging on the door downstairs. He ran back down the stairs, whipped open the front door with his gun in his hand, ready to try and scare them off of his porch. And they were completely gone. So scary. So Paul actually spent the entire night searching the neighborhood. Never he, saw any sign of the boy. He yep. left he the house. Left the house. That dude immediately no. would have died before moving. He went outside and looked for them. No. Next day, he asked his neighbors if anyone else had seen the same two boys because he thought maybe they were pulling a prank, maybe they were trying to break in or something. Just something didn't feel right about yeah, the situation. Yeah, he didn't know so he if was it was trying. supernatural at that yeah, point. And, and he was also he was a corrections officer, so he was like kind of trying to look at it as like a like a logical standpoint yeah. too. So he was trying to see like. Maybe they were just fucking around in the neighborhood or, like, little pranksters or something. It's crazy so, how they, like, get so aggressive so quick instead of, like, oh, we're lost and we need to call our mom. Do you have a phone? Like, yeah. that, like, a, a lot of people don't think, like, this way, but, like, they would let a child in that just wants to call their mom to get mm -hmm. picked up. You exactly. Because I mean? you're a dick if you don't help. I but... think it's the fact that they get so aggressive and that they're just, like, just let us in. Yeah. Let us in, let us in, let us in. That makes it so fucking weird yeah just so creepy 
so when Paul's son came home, he actually described the two boys to them and asked if they were, you know, someone that he knew from school. And again, nothing. Yeah. So for weeks after the incident, Paul also had nightmares of these two boys. Oh, my God. And he could not get the image of their faces out of his head. And it haunted him pretty much forever. I'm so scared right now. So, (laughs) like I said, I also found in my research an incident in Vermont. No! No! Where in Vermont? Where the black eyed children were invited in. It did not say. It did not say. That's too close to home. Too close. Stay in the Midwest. Come on. These black eyed children were invited into a home, and there were some terrifying events that follow. And I'm just I'm gonna say a trigger warning now, and I'm gonna say a trigger warning when it comes up. But there is animal abuse in this one, specifically with cats that Stop. made me so upset. Do you really have? Okay. We're not gonna go into detail with okay. it. Okay. But but I did want to mention that that's that something happens to their cats after, and it's really sad. Okay. So. Well, I'm just going to dive right into just it. Just do it. I just wanted just to prepare pull, you guys just for Just rip the Band-Aid, please. <laughs> so it was the dead of winter in the middle of Vermont, and an elderly couple was relaxing at home when they heard a knocking at their door. Oh, of course the elderly people are going to let them in. Yep, and they opened the door, and they saw two children, a boy and a girl, no older than 10. And without even looking up, the children quietly muttered, parents will be here soon. May we come in? And so they're like, they're not even saying like complete like thoughts. Nope. Just parents will be here soon. May we come in? And the children did not make eye contact. They just stood in the doorway. The elderly couple were hesitant, but after a while, they let the boy and girl inside because it was dark. It was winter. They didn't want to leave two children yeah. out in the cold. Nobody does, but. And they said that their parents were on their way. So they thought maybe they had just kind of gotten lost and they just needed a warm place to sit for a minute till their parents got them. So the children settled on the couch and the wife made them some hot cocoa and the husband asked some questions, but they all completely went unanswered. When the wife returned to the living room, she noticed that her cats were very angry and like hissing, terrified of the children. Like something was bothering those cats. And the children seemed to be unbothered by this and just simply asked, may we please use the restroom? And that was when the wife finally got a good look at their faces and noticed that they had completely black eyes. So she directed them to the bathroom. And when she returned to the living room, she saw that her husband was covering his face with his hands. She asked, did you see their eyes? But when her husband looked up, she noticed that his hand was full of blood from a nosebleed. So... The power suddenly goes out. No. <laughs> this is like the a house movie. completely turns dark and the kids just are still in the bathroom. Okay. And the wife heads over to the restroom and she asks if everything's okay and she hears the kids mutter, Our parents are here. And they simply exit the house, leaving the door wide open. And the wife is looking outside. Her husband's sitting in the living room, fucking nose bleeding. Her cats are freaking out. These children just walked out of the bathroom, walk out the house, leave the door wide open. At the end of her driveway are two very tall, slender men just standing there. Stop it. 
and the wife oh waves to them, but the men did not move or acknowledge her. So the children walk up to the men and they get into a car and just drive away. And as soon as the dr- they drive away, the power came back on in the house. So this is where I'm going to give you guys a trigger okay. warning again. Uh. Throughout the next week, weird things started happening. Three out of four of the cats went missing, and then one was found dead inside the home. Oh, my God. I'm not going to explain how it, it explained how it was found dead. Okay, I don't want to know, unnecessary. though. Um, the husband continued to have nosebleeds and finally went to a doctor and was diagnosed with an aggressive skin cancer. Which, like, what the fuck? Along with several other weird occurrences, like electronics randomly breaking and the power going on and off at weird times, the whole house just had a different energy about it than it ever had before. And just like Paul and Brian, the elderly couple could not stop thinking about those two children and had nightmares after the incident. Of course they did. Which is just yep, terrifying. terrifying. Yep. Just terrifying. Also, why are you going to fuck with the cats? Yeah, like, what the fuck? Well, so they, just, they just come in and fuck shit up? So what it seems like what was happening was they were starting to become very ill. So a lot of people think that what's happening is that they are. They're, like, taking your life force away. Yeah. Basically. They're um, soul suckers. Yeah. So what are black-eyed children? Do you have a theory? Um, they're scary. I think they're definitely non-human and they're definitely trying to feed off of people's energy and just take what you have. Yeah. What do you, like, what do you think they are? I've got a couple theories. Okay. So you ready? (laughs) Yeah. So one of the biggest theories is that the black-eyed children are ghosts or evil spirits. And this isn't one that I really fully believe. It just seems a little too vague to just be like, they're an evil spirit. Uh, There's definitely something supernatural about them, but I wouldn't say that they're like a ghost or like humans that have passed on. You know what I mean? they're unhuman. Yeah, they're definitely unhuman, which I mean, there can be inhuman spirits, but it seems like it's more than that to me. Um, like demonic. Yeah, like a demonic kind of vibe. Uh, one thing that a lot of people say seems to be pretty, like a pretty good theory, which is kind of weird, but it does make sense. I mean, they need to be invited into your home. Yeah. They kind of suck the life force out of you. Can you guess what the second theory is? I don't know. Vampires! Oh, okay. Yeah, which, like, you don't think really like blood sucking but it does make sense they have some of the vampire rules like they need to be invited into a home and some cultures vampires don't necessarily necessarily bite you and suck your blood it's more of a like sucking your life force and your energy out yeah like we talked in the vampire episode yeah and like in harry potter um it's more like the life and energy is being drained from them and that creature is taking it from them. Yeah, because they need it to, to thrive. They need it to thrive, exactly. Um, so that is another theory is that it's like the vampire kind of vibe. Not like a twilight vampire, but like a... You sure? Yeah. The twinkling I'm skin? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Almost. The I, like, wall of graduation like caps? 70% sure. <laughs> Maybe 60%. Hey, 
Hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm a sucker for those Twilight movies. Oh my god, yeah. They're not gonna amazing. lie. I watch them at least once a year. The books were way better, but you know, Kristen Stewart did the damn thing. Yeah. She really did. She played a great, awkward ass teenager. <laughs> so, awkward <laughs> that definitely describes her <laughs> the whole time uh so another one that's i kind of personally think it gives more this vibe to me than a lot of the other ones and it's kind of fey vibes fairies okay like um, an evil fairy yeah dude fairies are not like Tinkerbell's not. Oh, she's actually kind of a bitch. Um, (laughs) So, if you like look into the lore of like the Fae, it's okay. It's very, very dark. Um, And I mean, I may just kind of lean more towards this theory because, as my my friend Sarah will tell you, apparently I made a deal with the Fae long ago, and I'm like a half human, half fairy hybrid. We discovered that on a psychedelic trip. Sorry, Dad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We discovered that on the psychedelic trip. Okay. I'm just kidding. Guys. No, I love Not it. About I trip, love it. But I love that theory. Was, I forget what it was, but there was something I said, and she just turned and looked at me with this like judgmental ass look on her face, and she goes, "You fucking made a deal with the thing a long ass time ago, you weird fairy bitch." And I was just like, "Okay." He's rolled with it. Yeah. So that is that is something that we always joke about now. Fairies, the fae, whatever you want to call them, if you look into, like, pagan, Norse, Celtic culture, they're actually incredibly dark creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, changelings are considered fae. I don't know if you've ever heard about changelings, but no. it's something that we'll talk about one day when I do, like, you know. Do some an episode like, on fairies. Oh, I, oh, my God, girl. Do it. I want to learn. Um, but changelings are actually a creature that it will be replaced. They'll replace your baby with a changeling. They will steal your child, put the changeling in that child's place. It's usually an elderly fairy or some kind of like, like golem-like creature, and they, yeah, they just steal your children and like suck out your child's life force and leave you with the changeling. Um, they're does also it look, wait, does it, it will look, look just like your child, but it won't be. But it will not be your child, and it won't talk like your child. Sometimes they act like older beyond their years or they'll have weird accents um uh and uh, like a lot of like irish ones it'll be like they sing weird songs and like play like like violins and flutes and fiddles and shit like your four-year-old child will all of a sudden just be able to play a fiddle what perfectly yeah that's crazy yeah changelings are like that's google changelings. no no fuck no such a weird i'm not doing that they're they're creepy children so it, it kind of has, like, the same kind of vibes. And, like, there are all kinds of different fae creatures um, upon all different, like, literally every single continent has some kind of fairy lore, which is nuts. Like, fairy, elves, goblins, yep. all of that shit. Um, there's actually a lot of rules in the fairy world, too. Like, you're not supposed to tell them your name. And if they ask your name, you're not supposed to say my name is. You're supposed to say like I go by or something like that. Like you can't, you say my name is Jen or like my name's Amanda. They could actually steal your name and you can be like their indentured servant forever. Um, that is so yep. scary. Uh, you're never supposed to stand in a fairy circle. 
which is like usually like a circle of like mushrooms or flowers or something like that because you can become trapped and you will forever be in their debt. You're also supposed to never take the food or the gifts that they offer you because you could be trapped in their world forever. Or if you do take it, never say thank you for anything they offer you because then they will assume that they now owe you something. And the Fae aren't like, oh, no biggie. Like, just Venmo me for that cheeseburger later. Like, no, they will show up five years later and take your firstborn child. So, yeah. They, uh, the Fae are not to be fucked with. I think that scared um, me more than the actual Black Eyed Children. That is, that is definitely something that we will discuss in another episode. I'm intrigued, but, but I'm also that fucking is, terrified. That is something I saw a lot on Reddit is that they believe they're some kind of fae. And that's why they can just appear and disappear. That's why they need to be invited in. Mm-hmm. And that's and fae it can also be very mischievous. Like it's also said that they'll, they'll fuck with things in your house, like electricity, your animals, things like that, which seems to be what happens when they come into your house. They fuck with your health. They fuck with your animals. They fuck with your home. So that's why I kind of lean more towards that one. Or the other one, I'm like 50-50 on these last two. Aliens. Aliens. They're back, aliums. guys. Aliens are back. <laughs> you thought we were done with the aliens. No, Think we will again. never <laughs> be done with the aliens. So um, that's a big theory that I can yeah. see as well. Yeah, because they could be. They could always be dark. It could explain why. But I feel like to... typical alien abductions. They're like, we don't give a fuck if you give us permission or not. We're gonna take you and we're gonna true. make you remember this crazy fucked up experience. Then we're just gonna plop you back. It's very true. It's very true. But you never know. And those tall Slenderman in the Slenderman, last Slenderman, like, like that, the Slenderman, that, or I don't know. But what if they were like like tall grays? Have you ever heard about like the tall grays? Is a type of alien seat so like what if they were tall grades and they were like using these children i don't fucking know man i don't know but we'll never know and i don't want to know and i yeah i definitely terrified more <laughs> towards the fairy vibe because it just seemed like they're just seemed like it's, a weird kind of supernatural creature they have those kind of weird rules vampires also was surprisingly i was like okay that's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of sustenance behind that one, you know? Yeah. Like it, makes, it makes some sense. They're definitely something not of this world. They are not. They are not. And they don't have good intentions. No, they do not. So do not let them in your house. And I'm so sorry if you see some black-eyed children after this episode. But if you do, please email us at fathomlesspodcast.gmail.com. No, I'm going to let Amanda, <laughs> o- <laughs> let Amanda <laughs> open those emails. Just put for Amanda only in the subject. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about your story. So fucking scary. Just so weird. All right, are we done right. with the black eyed children? We are done with the okay. black eyed children. What's Do you next? feel you feeling okay? I feel okay. okay. I feel like that might is I definitely feel like the black the black flash will be less intense. Oh yeah, it's less okay. intense. So okay. now we're gonna talk about the black flash of Provincetown. So for those of you who aren't from New England or Massachusetts, Provincetown is literally the teeny tiny tip of the cape yep, right P-town. at the end p-town amazing place amazing food amazing just everything yeah amazing so energy beautiful. amazing energy just beautiful great artwork too there's great art in P-town. taking the ferry from plymouth to p-town is fun so much fun so better than plymouth too honestly plymouth oh yeah sucks. plymouth is well i mean we know plymouth to 
too well. True. <laughs> uh, so I work with a, a bunch of people from Florida and they're always asking about like Plymouth and the uh, like the Plymouth Rock and stuff. And we're like, guys, it's not. It the, ain't, the Rock it's not is fun. such a disappointment. It's also a lie. I told them that in a meeting a couple weeks ago and they were like, they, everyone was like, wait, what? It's not like, and I'm like real no, rock. That's something. not the real rock. First of all, the pilgrims landed on the Cape first. And then they came further inland. Because think about it. If you're traveling on a ship this way, the first thing you're going to hit is, is Cape the Cape. Cod. Yeah. So they landed on the Cape first and then came further inland. So, yeah. Also, in the 1600s, they were not like, oh, my God, we landed on this tiny little boulder right here. We have to commemorate this. So 500 years from now third graders can all be disappointed for the rest of their lives. Well, it's also, like, say if you, like, take the Plymouth Rock for what it is right now, if a boat, like, landed on shore and saw right there. that rock. Especially it would, a I ship be the impressed. size of the goddamn Mayflower. I wouldn't be impressed. Also, I mean, the I Mayflower not, wasn't that big. I'm sorry. Like, I know it wasn't that big, but also, I'm sorry. If I just came from the Mayflower, because, like, you know that that trip took, like, 60 days. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be like, oh, a medium off the side rock. of a boat. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, look at this boulder. That's a nice boulder. No. <laughs> it was a Shrek reference for all of you guys out there. But um, but I would not be doing that. I would be like, thank God, solid fucking ground. Oh, my God, yes. I would be, like, rolling in that sand. I would be so happy that I did not die of smallpox and get kicked off the boat in the middle of the Atlantic <laughs> Ocean. Now I'm, like, looking at it. Like, they all get off the boat, and they're just like, oh, wow, this rock. <laughs> yeah that's that's what history books would make you believe but it's a lie people it's a lie Plymouth is actually nice though the waterfront is pretty it is nice now that I'm not living in the area whenever I drive through downtown and I'm in when I'm back home I'm like oh, they're having some sinkhole nice. issues over there I heard I met my friend for dinner and right on the tavern yeah. on the wharf restaurant and I was like, what the fuck's going on downtown? So Why are all these restaurants closed? Build they're like sinkhole. Yeah. So what happens when you build everything on a fucking beach covered in sand? Yeah. Downtown Plymouth is going to be part of the fucking beach foundations. one day. <laughs> those, so I know that those condos over there, they're like, there's like cracks in the walls. The and new shit ones? Now. Yeah. Those oh, fucking, yeah. Grand, fucking like they slap, five grand a month. They slap them together. It's terrible. It's crazy because like all these like nice new apartments, like they're cheaply just slapped yeah. together. Carpenter special. Yeah. Terrible. And there's so many issues all the time. And they charge you like fucking five grand. Yep. They have a few of the Never. waterfront. I'll take my crappy apartment in Providence. Thank you very much. Anyway, back to Provincetown. All right. So we are going to talk about a very creepy phenomenon that started in Provincetown and then pretty much just disappeared as quickly as it began. So... This all kind of started in the fall after the summer tourists leave and the Provincetown area just kind of settles to its very few all year rounders. It's like a couple hundred people. I think now it's more, but then it was a lot less. Um, it's still not very many compared to the summertime. And the Black Flash went after the children first, actually. So kids would start coming home sobbing. To their parents about this strange monster that jumped out of the bushes on their way home from school and terrified them. It would leap out, growl at them, snarl its teeth, and then just leap back into the woods. Just disappear. And the parents just thought that, you know, it was just some 
nonsense. You know, their kids weren't being stalked on their way home from school by this giant monster. And everyone just kind of ignored it until it happened to an adult. And that was on October 1939 when Miss Costa was walking home past the town hall in the middle of the night. And this giant creature jumped out of the bushes at her. Just jumped out of the bushes. It was over six feet tall. Its arms were like the, the length of its entire body almost. Oh, my God. It had long claws, silver pointy ears, and glowing blue eyes. And this Which is what, like, 1939, 1939. So this is, this is, a, yeah, right at the start of the 40s. And Miss Costa bolted into a local, I'm sorry if you can hear my papers right now. It's okay. This is my notebook, guys. Miss <laughs> um, Costa bolted into a local coffee shop and just frantically started screaming about what she had seen. So a bunch of men from the coffee shop just started going out onto the street to see if they could find what the hell this thing was. and. Nobody could figure out what it was. Police took down a statement for Miss Costa, and they initially didn't really think much of it. They just assumed that she was hysterical for some reason. Well, it was the 1940s. They were exactly. probably like, oh, a woman in hysteria. Yeah. We should just lock yeah. her up. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. And um, they just thought it was no big deal, but people in the town started talking more and more about it, and then the police started getting more calls about this creature and at first they kind of assumed that they were dealing with a prankster but the investigation started to kind of take a strange turn um they were getting like four or five calls a night it became that someone was calling in that they saw this black that's a lot this big black monster jump out at them growl at them and then just leap away and so obviously they had to start looking into it as they're investigating it, they would start going to people's houses. And it got to the point where they would show up on the west side of town for a call that someone had seen it in their backyard. And within minutes of arriving, they would get a call from the east side of town that someone had also just seen this thing, which was physically impossible for a prankster to be in that, like on the yeah. west side and the east side of town within two to three minutes of each other. So. The police were like, is this a group of people? Like, what the hell is going on here? They started to think that maybe it wasn't people at all. Maybe it was something else. It was a creature. It was a creature. So um, the newspaper started calling it, they called it the Phantom and the Black Flash, which is the name that ended up sticking because it would just appear and then be gone in a flash. It was always how it seemed to happen. You know, it would just jump, and they people said it could jump over like a six foot fence like gazelle with ease it would just leap over it like it was yes, nothing that's not a prank which is not yeah that's not like some 14 year old unless they're like the best fucking track star on the planet Cirque du Soleil like, shit yeah it's like, unless they're like a Russian circus kid like it's not gonna happen which there definitely wasn't any Russian circus kids on the cape at that time because this is the start of World War II and shit was tense between us and Europe at that moment. Amanda's little <laughs> history lesson. Oh, and everything. Dude, honestly, I did like a deep dive into World War II stuff while I was researching. <laughs> I bet you too. did. I bet you did. All right, so fun fact, at this time, people in P-Town were actually dealing with fucking German submarines 
stalking around the coast like sharks and U.S. submarines and um, U.K. submarines had to go and like ships and shit had to sneak through the canal to avoid going around the Cape and getting taken out by German missiles. That's insane. Just nuts. Yeah. Wow. Fucking nuts. And um, good old canal. And also, um, you know that giant rock at Whitehorse with the American yep. flag painted on it? That was put out there by some teenagers when the German submarines were out there as a way to be like, hey, fuck you, America. But the is the flag facing the other way as well? I don't know. They paint two flags. Because people it. swim out to that rock and like jump off of it, but I've never seen the other side of it. I don't think I it's know painted you... on the other side of it. Well, I think it's just on that side. On the beach side. I doubt the Germans saw it, but I thought that was a cool story. Yeah. Just their way of, you know. Flag rock so is my little call it, I think. Yeah. That's my little World War II memo for you guys. Thank you. Fun <laughs> facts. I love it. History with Amanda. <laughs> uh, so We'll do a spinoff. Right? <laughs> That'd be great. We could oh God, one day. Die. We could. <laughs> be so excited. I would sit there and be your commentary slash student. Be great. I'd tell you guys history everything. I would tell you everything that your history teacher lied to you about. Yeah. History also, that should be the show title. History yeah. with Amanda. Things your history teacher in school didn't tell you about. So shout out to my history teacher, Mr. Peck. Had him for three years. He was the coolest fucking teacher ever. And he told us the real shit that was going on. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people that actually are into history, they're like, Yeah, I'm I'll tell them this because it's in the curriculum. But yeah. also he would be like, So this is in your book. Just so you guys know, like you cool. would give us that, you know, that little bit. But uh, so now we're going to talk about a moment where there was actually a police sighting of the Black Flash. He's been evading the police so the whole time. This was November 1945. So this is a couple of years yeah. later. So this is happening for a while. Um, he would just appear and then disappear and then appear and then disappear and just basically just wanted to terrify people. Um, but five police officers were responding to a call for a sighting in a schoolyard. And when they arrived to the school, they actually saw the black flash, and he let out his signature maniacal laugh that he would do this, like, wah! <laughs> the evil guy laugh. Exactly. <laughs> and he effortlessly leapt over a 10-foot fence. And just peaced out? Yeah, just dipped. So, like, saw the cops, just like, and then just fucking jumped like a fucking frog over a fence. A 10-foot fence. I know this is supposed to be scary, but I'm laughing. That's why I wanted to end it with this one, because it it was a little more whimsical. And, like, I I don't know if you've seen, like, the pictures. There was, um, I gotta find, like, the actual source of it, because I really want to credit them when I put the pictures up. But a photographer made some pictures of, like, the Black Flash for, like, a journalist. They had someone dress in, like, costume. Oh, God. And it looks hilarious. He's actually, it's the one that's on the the album, like, the little album, Got art, it. album okay. art. I don't know why I said fucking album artist. I'm dropping album. an album. Get ready, Fathom guys. <laughs> Our um, rap album coming soon. <laughs> oh, my God, no. <laughs> God, we would no. never. We would never. We just kind of sing but random cat songs, and the, that's the most you'll get. The episode art that I made has the picture of him in it, and he's just very spooky. 
very spooky, but it's it's he'll a, be on our it's a on our picture. album art too. He will. He will be on our, <laughs> when I drop my first demo. You guys can all see it. We'll make it like I said. We'll make an album just of our cat songs yeah. that we sing to our cats. I'm gonna sell cassette tapes. Just be like really <laughs> obsolete with it. It'll be great. It'll be great. A good old cassette. It'll be great. only the true fans would listen to us then. Oh my god, yeah, no, we would, everyone would be gone. It would be like my parents listening, and that's it. Thanks. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> uh, so, um, like I said, this was, this was pretty nuts. Was um, that it? Was that the last that sighting? Is, yeah, that was one of the last sightings, and pretty much as quickly as he was gone, or as quickly as he was there, he was gone. Wow. It was seven years of him tormenting people. They would just appear. It wasn't every single night for for the whole time. Yeah, it was but just it was randomly. At, when it first started, it was like rapid, very, very quickly. It constantly happened, and it kind of dwindled down a little bit. But there was always just somebody calling in about the sighting. Police That's investigated crazy. it for months. Never could figure out. They did several leads of different pranksters. I was different a, oh wait, I was gonna say I'm surprised they didn't put up cameras in the street. It was the 1940s. It was 1940. Ugh. Well, the Black Flash wouldn't get away with anything Imagine today. Sitting there, the guy's like rolling that film <laughs> like it's fucking 10 o'clock at night on the street. It's got a fucking like massive floodlight. Come on, Black Flash. Come on out. <laughs> Did he target? Good God. Or he, it, I don't so know. So he targeted what, everybody. Men, ta- women, okay. children, elderly. It started with the children, and they would come home from school being like, so this no thing MO. came after me, but there was no particular, it was anybody. I mean, he laughed at five cops and fucking jumped over a fence. Which is like the funniest <laughs> image in my head ever. But, well, yeah. Never it was, caught him. It was everybody. And they never really figured out. Police still to this day believe that it was some kind of prankster. But the fact that they couldn't find anybody, like, it's got to be the best damn prankster ever. Yeah. He got away with it. Nobody ever came forward. I don't know if it was another unearthly creature or not. Possibly. But then, like, it it never came back. And there's never really been a story like this anywhere else. Um. Another theory kind of goes back to, like, the the w w2 world war ii theory a lot oh of you're like w2 was... and like taxes no okay ww2 ww2 i missed the second w um i don't know why i said it like that it's Sorry. okay because you're a nerd i'm just slap happy today, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was up late last night got up at like 5 a.m but um they thought that maybe it was like a mass town hysteria you know they were dealing with the imminent war that eventually became, you know, we were heavily involved in it, and they were dealing with Germans stalking the coast. People thought maybe it was just some way for them to materialize some kind of actual monster instead of just, you know, the monster of the Nazi regime. Just like a weird thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was mass hysteria, but that's like it's like a good semi-logical explanation for it you know the whole community was dealing with something very stressful as it was yeah so one child kind of told this weird story and it just escalated from there i don't know a lot lot of sightings it's a stretch it's a lot a lot of sightings i think five police officers saw it i don't think that many people are going to get together and be like let's all make up this big thing and just go with it exactly for seven years but you know (laughs) great 
it is that that very you know that perf- you know college professory response of you know instead of dealing with the real monsters they made their own monster yeah like okay. that kind of thing but i don't think it's that well that was fun you know? to learn about the black yeah. flash definitely it's been on my list you know, for a while we'll never know what it actually was we can always you know speculate and you know try to rationalize it it's as a best fun we story can, yeah and it's still like a big thing in providence or Pro- providence provincetown to this day you know people still talk about it they still talk about it around like halloween well, you know their local see people dress urban up. legend yeah. so their local spooky guy you know besides tony chop chop Oh my god, Tony motherfucking Chop Chop. Tony Chop Chop. Dude, we're that gonna, we're gonna fucked that. up, man. Fucked up, man. Fucked up case. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's gonna Ugh. be a big one. That's, That's gonna, gonna be, a big be one. I need time to sit and do that. Same. That's cause... like my the Brenda Suchet for one I'm working on right now. It's not gonna be ready for like another probably another month or so. Um, it's gonna be real sad. And then just you guys wait for June because I have some cases picked out that we're going to talk about specifically um, regarding Pride Month and our LGBTQ plus friends. And just those get ready to sob. Be, yeah, I was going to say those are going to be some heavy. It's, it's going to be a heavy. We'll have to like I'm going to have to find like something fun to do as well. Yeah, um, we'll break it up with something like different, something that's a little, like a palate cleanser kind of thing because it's going to be very heavy. But it's things that need to be talked about specifically with what's going on right with uh, the LGBTQ plus community and how they're being targeted in some states. Thankfully, not our state, but you never know. But that's going to be, yeah, we got some heavy shit coming up. Yeah. Some crazy stories. Crazy, crazy. Uh, I have another one that's coming up in a couple weeks. It's going to be real fun. What? About Boston. What? Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. We'll tell you soon. Yeah, we'll tell, tell you, you soon. soon. <laughs> we'll record fine. it later this weekend, but you guys won't hear it for another couple weeks. Yeah. But it's going to be great. All right. But that is it. I hope you guys enjoyed this kind of spooky, I scary episode. I did not enjoy the first section of it. I love. I felt like I, I was telling like a story around a campfire. It was great. Well, I loved I'm going to try and get that out of my head so it's not scaring me for the next we will watch some Disney, we'll watch some Disney movies tonight. Let's put on like sleep. a Lizzie McGuire movie or something. And yes. we'll oh my god, I watched Princess <laughs> we'll Diaries the other day. We should watch the second one. I watch Princess Diaries at least once a month. Love, I love movie. it. <laughs> it's a good one. All right, well that is it, you guys. I hope you stay spooky, stay scary, and stay, stay safe. safe. Bye. Bye. See ya.